Welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. Family life can be crazy and chaotic, so join us as we figure it out together. Hello and welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast. My name is Aaron and I'm your host for this episode. If you're a parent, you know how frustrating it is when you feel like your kids aren't talking to you. You've tried everything, but it seems like nothing works. But don't worry, you're not alone. Here's the good news. There are ways to help your kids open up to share their thoughts and feelings with you. On this podcast, you'll be exploring some of the tools and strategies that we can use to communicate more effectively with our kids. Our guests today are a mother and daughter duo, Gina and Christabel. Christabel is 19 and she's a student while Gina is a homemaker. Welcome Gina and Christabel. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Before we start with our podcast, can you share a bit about yourself and your family so our listeners can get to know you better? Hello, I'm Christabel. I'm a year one student studying in uni. I'm studying psychology and social work. I'm a homemaker. Before that, I actually worked in telecommunication sector for 10 over years before I become a homemaker when my first girl entered primary school. So I've been a homemaker and i also engaging with parents group and facilitating in parenting workshops. So what got you started facilitating these workshops? It's actually during COVID, I've engaged with some and university students who actually expressed that they would actually like to have better communication with their parents. They can feel safe to share and not be judged. So that actually prompted me to decide to maybe come out to share what is working and what is good. So actually as a family, we started to learn together, including my husband and all four of us. We come up with some materials that I put together. And then I start sharing over Zoom with some parents in an informal way. So Gina, what do you see as the essential listening skills a parent must have when trying to get their child or teen to share more? It's really not easy, as many parents expressed, to actually talk to the children. You know, in a, often halfway they will get into an argument or they shut down. Actually, listening, from my experience, is always start with relationship. I think most of us, is like when we have a good relationship with the person, we feel good about the person and have we always have a positive interaction with the person. We will feel we want to open up and share more. Listening starts with connecting with the child. As a parent, I would think, then how do I actually uh, connect? In what way to connect? I came up with this acronym. People will say, people don't care how much you know, but they want to know how much you care. So I just said, use the acronym CARE, C-A-R-E with an S. As a parent, I was also think, you know, so in one way, when my kid look at me and they feel like talking to me, you know, that eager to talk to me with the acronym C, I came up with this calm, being very calm. And when they come to me, they can feel that mommy is very calm. They can contain my uh, strong emotion and not get overwhelmed. And then A stands for acceptance. And they feel that they, they'll be accepted for who they are, even the bad parts of them. They will not be judged for who they are. And R is respect. They will feel like they're being valued and respected. They will not be like talked down to them, make them feel they are smaller. And uh, also like uh, able to accept reality of them in the, whatever they feel their thoughts is actually true and actually real. Also in terms of respecting boundaries, not to cross the boundary to feel that they're not respected. E will be empathize. I able to empathize them. They able to feel that I can identify their feelings and what they are thinking, their thoughts and even all the experiences they have. And also, one part of empathy is also the compassionate aspect of the empathy. If I have any issues, my mom will be there to support me, to walk through with me. So in this way, they feel heard, seen, and also understood and supported. The S, I put in the S, is being feel safe. Feel safe means that, oh, they can say anything, that I will not judge them for what they say or they act. As a parent, to create that safe space for them to talk. 
and so that they can be truthful, be honest, to say even their weak part, their mistake and failures. So with this acronym, I will always remember that I can have this impression for my girl. Once you see me, I show I really care what you are talking and I really care for you. So C-A-R-E and S. So Christabel, how does that make you feel when your mom does all these things for you? I think I feel very calm and I can really feel like it's a safe space for me to share openly because I think when I share with maybe friends or people outside, they may not provide the same safe space that my mom would provide for me. And I think one thing that she brought up about respecting boundaries also, I think it was quite nice to see that sometimes I may not want to share about what I'm feeling about at that point of time. I would prefer to have my own time to myself to sort out my own emotions before I go to my mom to ask for further advice. So I think not crossing that boundary and really just giving me that space to sort out my own emotions first. And I really appreciate whenever my mom also doesn't give unsolicited advice. Because I think a lot of times, giving advice seems to be the very easy way out of helping someone with their emotions. But actually, it may make the situation worse. Especially when, if I go to my mom wanting just a space to rent, and I'm actually not looking for any advice. But let's say my mom just starts coming at me with like a lot of advice and just telling me how I can improve. Then I'll just feel like, oh... Is my feelings like not important that it is so easy to solve with just like such simple advice? So knowing also what the child will appreciate, not just giving unsolicited advice, but just being present and yeah. allowing that time to be a safe conversation between parent and child. Let's say you're having a difficult day, Christabel. You feel rejected, you're feeling isolated by your friends in school. Perhaps you're just having a very lousy day. And then on top of that, you perhaps got corrected by your teacher. So you, you come home and you're angry, you're disappointed. How will you respond, Gina, to this? How do you get her to open up and to share perhaps her true feelings? So there are days when they come back from school and I will look at their expression, you know, facial expression, whether they had black face or very sad look or what. And sometimes they just go straight to the room and close that door, you know. Usually I will just leave it for a while. Then later I may lock the door and ask, Hi, Christopher, are you okay? Would you like to say anything? I see that you are like not looking very well. I initiate it. It's up to her. She can open up and then start sharing. But there are days and you know, sometimes perhaps as parents, we are also not very sure Mm. And we don't want to judge and assume that our child is going through a bad day. So Christabel, do you help your mom in any way by maybe giving her some hints or signals that you actually need some comfort or some assurance? For me, I would just try to let my mom know first, like, oh, I'm not feeling the best right now. So maybe leave me alone for a while. Maybe later I'll come out and then we can talk about it. For me, I try to communicate what I need and what I don't need at that point of time because I also don't expect my mom to know everything about me, even from just reading my expressions or non-verbal cues. Even as parents may misinterpret our child's body language, we may assume that they are having a okay day or we assume they're having a bad day, but actually perhaps they're just tired, they could be just sleepy. And maybe as a child, you know, we can get to find out also what are some ways we can get them to communicate with us. Perhaps write down a note somewhere to say that, or maybe even have a little like emotions chart and say, this is how I'm feeling today. Draw a smiley face or draw you know, a grumpy face. So at least for parents to know how a child is feeling, especially for those of us with younger children, they may not be able to express how they feel, but perhaps a sign, a drawing that they can actually do for us. So Gina, handling negative emotions at home, managing the house. What if you are yourself right, going through a bad day? You're having a difficult day. How do you manage? 
How do you cope with these emotions? For me, I will usually go for exercise. For me, I also take time to rest first. I like to read books. So it will help me to regulate. These are just some of the ways. There are times where I have to be very intentional that when they come home, I may be still not regulated yet. But I think being able to uh, put myself in my child's shoes, to think how she feels and uh, to be able to empathize, then will put my emotion aside to meet her needs first. So parents, self-care is really important because if we are not ready ourselves, Mm. we will not be able to process these emotions with our children. And then, you know, it may come out the wrong way. Or in fact, we may seem very imposing sometimes Mm. on the way we say certain things or do certain things. Yeah, so being able to regulate our own emotions first before we help our child process, yes. If there's one thing you can share with a parent or to a child on emotions, right? Like, what can you share with them? What are some things that they can do as a start, maybe as a baby step, to have that conversation with each other? When the children come to us, when they have a strong emotion, then we can validate them. So, validation is a skill that we can actually express in words to acknowledge and reflect back what they're feeling. So, for example, if she come back and say she's sad because of the, what happened in school, then I will say, oh, uh, Christabel, I see that you are sad because your friend rejected you. You have a hard day in school. So by actually reflecting back what her feeling is, by labelling the emotion and also give a reason why she feels that way, usually the kid will feel hurt and understood. That will actually calm them down. So once they are calmed down, then we can continue our conversation in whether to solve it or to give advice. But or advise parents not to rush into solving it because they may need some time to actually come down. My own experience with my girl is one time my girl was like, come back and tell me she's not feeling good because what happened outside, she experienced. And then, of course, I start validating her. But after validating a while, I straight away want to give her some advice to make her feel better. But then she will tell me, mommy, actually, I'm still not feeling good. Then I say, oh, sorry, I thought you are feeling okay already. So I learned from that that I still had to watch her facial expression that she really feeling good and not to rush into just giving advice. After we validate them, maybe we also want to find out more about what happened so we can actually ask some questions based on what they have said. So maybe they say, oh, mommy, I have a lot of difficulty with my project. So we can actually pick up some keywords that they have said. For example, in this case, I pick up the word difficulty and then I ask her, oh, what's that difficulty? You want to tell me more? Then let her say more about the project. In fact, because sometimes we don't understand certain part, we can say, oh, Christopher, can you please help me understand what you have said? So by actually asking more questions like this, or even questions like, how do you feel about it? Also questions like, what do you think about it? Maybe you can be more specific and give me some example. So the main thing is to ask them to help them to elaborate and talk more about it. So in this way, actually, the kid will feel like, oh, my mom is really interested to know more. And then we get more facts. And then that's when we all the facts, then maybe we can proceed to uh, solve the problem. So it's also about the tone when we ask our questions, right? If not, yeah. it sounds a bit like interrogation. But being interested, being curious to find out what happened, getting more details, clarifying a bit more, I think that helps us understand our child. At the same time, if we are active in listening out for the cues that they are saying, for the emotions that they are expressing, sometimes their face may say one thing and the words may be different. And we just want to make sure it all connect in some way or another. Yes, that's right. You have to keep observing their facial expression. And we also need to listen not just what they say, but also listen to what is not said. Maybe their underlying needs they have. They feel rejected. 
the feeling of rejection, then we can actually uh, then express it out because they may not know how to express that rejection. We also can take time to pause to let them talk more because I think parents tend to talk more than children. So we really have to pause and based on brain science, the attention of a person has to listening is actually about 20 to 30 seconds. So it's about maybe 20 words to 30 words. Knowing that, make it short, the sentence. Also to pause to let them have a chance to actually say more. I think it's important to note that every emotion that we feel is valid and it's very relative also. I don't know, I think I hear a lot of my friends saying that some of their parents would tell them that they're overreacting and they like downplay their emotions, which I don't think is a very good thing to do because then it may lead to the child feeling that uh, what they're feeling is not important. So for example, if I react to a certain situation and I feel like very angry, but then if let's say my mom feels that she herself wouldn't react the same way that I would and starts telling me that, oh, you're just overreacting, you're being too sensitive. But I think it's important to not jump into conclusions and let your how you yourself would react to the situation affect the way you validate. Do you have a recommended frequency for how many times a parent should check in? I think every day would be good because a lot of things happen every day. For myself also, emotions can go up and down quite frequently. So would a young person feel that, oh, it's too much, you know, every day? I think it's okay because we always spend most of our day in school anyway, but like hardly at home also. So at the end of the day, when we just come home, talk to our parents and have that quality time our parents, we can just share about our emotions. When we validate a child, it's not agreeing with them that what they do is correct. But feeling we have accept, there's no right or wrong about feeling. It's just how they experience it. But maybe we don't approve their behavior. So we still have to validate, accept their feeling. And then after that, when you validate, when you can redirect that behavior. For example, if a child comes out of school and he say, oh, um, he's very angry because the friend doesn't want to share the ball with him. So as a parent, I can validate him first and say, oh, I really, I can see that you're very angry because Henry will not share the ball with you. He should have taken turns with you and you are very frustrated in this situation. So after that, I can see that he really calmed down. Then I can actually try to look at his behavior and coach him and ask him, oh, actually, you also not right to snatch the ball from your friend. Okay, so in next time, what can you do in this situation? Then we can coach them to the right behavior. So parents, it's okay to check in with your child every day. In fact, it's healthy. In fact, that's something they need and they also perhaps want to hear from you. How's your day? They also want to understand you as, as a person. How do you process your emotions? And especially as they are growing up, they also want to know what's the best way to manage emotions. As you said, actually it's good to have set aside time every day or maybe 15 minutes at least to come together to actually share how you feel that day and validate each other. So that's all the time that you have for today's episode. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Christabel. Thank you, Gina. For more parenting resources, do visit our website at family.org.sg. Do share this podcast with a friend or parent who may benefit from this episode as well. Do keep tuning in to the Parentnet Podcast to learn and grow in your parenting journey.